hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You are listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Menares. Each week, I bring you amazing people who share their hearts and stories to inspire you to speak your truth, to grow like crazy, and rise from the challenges of life. Thank you so much for being here. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to remind you that new episodes will come out every single week, so make sure you subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Also, find me on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love to connect with you over there. And at the end of the show, I'll be talking about a few ways you can continue to grow and connect with me. Okay, so I'm super excited to introduce my very first guest on the WE podcast. This is episode number two with the amazing Trish Russell. I absolutely love her and I know you will too. Trish is a combat veteran and a former intelligence officer. She's a homeschooling mama of three littles, a military wife, an advocate, and an entrepreneur. She served in southern Afghanistan in 2008 and 2009 when many people died. She talks to us about her journey through trauma and PTSD. Her story is powerful and one of making the choice between living awake or living locked away and quiet. Thank goodness she made the choice to live fully alive and speak with courage and a heart to help others unlock their stories and inner strength and commit to reclaim their lives. I know you will find inspiration and comfort in her story of grace and overcoming. So let's get started. Here we are. So exciting with the amazing Trish Russell, one of my very favorite people in the whole wide world. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me. You are my very first guest on this podcast. How do you feel about that? (laughs) That is very exciting. I'm so honored and I always love chatting with you. So I'm anytime I can do that. I'm going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. (laughs) Yes. Well, I love it. I mean, we have known each other for about a year and a half or so. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And really, I feel like from pretty much the beginning, it was a pretty easy connection. You know, you meet people and some people it's just easy to connect with. And I feel like that's kind of, I was just attracted to you. (laughs) Definitely mutual feeling. Your energy is positive and you're kind and you're loving and you're a hard worker. And so I think there were just some really strong common commonalities. Mm -hmm. And we were both in a stage of wanting to change our lives. And we're really committed to making those changes. And so I think that's something that just has bonded us through Mm. the last year and a half. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I love that. I love how you say that because I totally agree. There's, yeah, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of the same, a lot of similar characteristics. So one thing is, is that the we podcast the main tagline is is that we speak we grow we rise and you know i'm a believer that we need to speak our truth 
in order to grow. And then that creates us to be able to rise from the challenges in our life or some maybe difficult things that we've experienced. And one thing that I really love about you is you have a super inspirational and impactful story, but you're very raw and vulnerable about it. And you know how I am with that. (laughs) I mean, I think it's vital for growth. And so a reason why I wanted to have you on here is because I think that so many people can benefit from your story and benefit from hearing kind of what you've come through and what's got you to where you are now. So I know that seems like a, probably a super big question, (laughs) but a little, but I know you'll break it down for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) So can you tell us a little just about where you started, where you are on this journey I think it's always great to know kind of where you started out. Sure. So a little bit about me is I'm a combat veteran and I'm also a mama of three littles and we homeschool and I'm an army wife. So I have a lot of different identities. And that first one I shared, I actually didn't tell anyone until January, 2017. Mm -hmm. And So for me to just share that with you guys today, today it's March, 2018 at the time of this recording is huge. Mm -hmm. I never told anyone that. And I had been in business for a year and a half. I was a children's ministry director before that. I was um, going after my second master's degree. I had life between getting out of the military and when I first spoke it out loud and I just hid it away. Mm-hmm. Not out of shame or anything. It's, I, uh, I just didn't know what to say. I live with um, PTSD and I score really well on those tests. So what that means is I just have a lot of that in my life. And so if I said combat veteran or if I said veteran, it just brought a lot of emotion out. And so I just didn't talk about it to anyone. I just said, oh, yeah, I've been in the military, and that can be very, that can vary, and to be so blunt uh, was not in my realm of possibility. I didn't even think it mattered, and so January 2017, a mentor of mine uh, had gone on this incredible experience, and a mentor of mine was, um, just came to my town and we got to bless people. And after that, uh, she just asked a little bit about me. And I don't know if it's because she was at my home eating dinner with my family because, you know, had come all the way to my town. I was actually for the first time able to say what I did. And I had been mentoring with her for a long time and intensely too. And Mm -hmm. I had never told her. And so that was a turning point for me to start saying the words out loud. It still feels strange 14 months later, and I'm not sure if it ever will. It's one of those things. I think it's good not to become immune to it. And now I am at a point where for the last six months, I have actually spoken out about trauma. I talk about life as a combat veteran, uh, what it was like there, 
what it's like home, what it's like as a woman. And honestly, I never saw myself doing that before. So it has been one heck of a year and a half <laughs> since we first <laughs> met. It has been crazy. It's true. Well, I remember when I first met you, I, I mean, I didn't know for a long time after we met about your story and PTSD and all of that. It took, it took a while for me to know that about you also. It was after that experience that you had where you kind of started speaking your truth to the world. So can you talk about that, like the transition from kind of keeping it all locked inside, not really telling anybody to, I mean, really creating a business around it and go, I guess like going from nobody knowing to fully incorporating it into your life and who you are, it just seems so huge to me. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I actually made some big shifts in the last 24 to 48 hours and my husband came home and he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I think I'm having a panic attack. And so <laughs> it is huge. And I have to, I now know how to give myself grace in that and how I also have techniques <laughs> because mm -hmm. that is huge. And I have techniques and he knows how to walk through now that I'm finally talking about it. Cause then even in my marriage, I didn't talk about it before. We just... I felt like it was this dirty, shameful secret. I felt that there was something wrong with me. I felt broken. I had tried to quote unquote fix myself. I had tried to get better for mm -hmm. years and I just gave up. I finally just gave up because I was tired of reaching for more and remaining a freak of nature. It just was really disheartening. And so mm. I just accepted I'd always be broken and unable to interact with society and having to live in a bubble to protect myself and to protect my family. Because um, if, if anyone listening isn't familiar with post-trauma, it can trigger severe reactions. So to give you guys a framework, I am a 70% disabled veteran, and that kind of helps people understand it a little bit better, numbers and those kind of things. And living with that, I came to the point where I felt it was impossible to engage with the outside world. And in order to protect my family from any outbursts or any responses, because again, it's, it's a lot to deal with, um, I just had coping mechanisms. And what that meant was I shut down a part of myself, like literally shut it down. Like there's a part of my brain locked off. There's a part of my emotional capacity was blocked off. I knew how to compartmentalize. I was an intelligence officer, so super easy for me. So I just compartmentalized and shut it down, just kind of like um, turning off your computer, really. And I lived like that for years. And I just thought that's the way it was going to need to be so I could love my family well and take good care of them. So when, and, and I give you that framework, because even now I have to love myself that yes, this is hard now that I'm, you know, transitioning into a business with it, even though I know it's the right step, I still have physical reactions. And I, my husband talks to walks me through it. And I have coping skills that I really need, I have to be really vigilant about so mm -hmm. that I can deal with it. Um, I share that so you guys know, it's not easy. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't want you to think it's a cakewalk. And 14 months ago, when I shared for the first time 
my experience um, overseas that had in Afghanistan that led to all of this, my mentor told me that, well, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to help people because I had already come so far. She could see it. Why mm -hmm. I couldn't. And I thought she was crazy, but I trusted her. And I also had this amazing community around me. My husband believed in me. My, my mom got on board after like a week or two. Uh, my sister, huge, she's always been one of my biggest fans. And then a community of like-minded women. Hmm. And there's some men to champion that mm -hmm. helped me take those initial steps. So in January, I shared it with my mastermind. So inner circle people that you care about. This can be any form in your community, in your world. And so I shared it with my family and then I shared it with some colleagues who would understand. And then because I'm on social media, I took it there and I outlined it and I knew I had to share my story. And I can't, you, oh my gosh, I had clients that are like, oh my gosh, I get it now. There's always something about you that I just couldn't put my finger on. Cause I would say, oh, I'm a, I'm a military wife and I can help you strategize your time. And they're like, well, I don't understand. But when I said I was an intelligence officer who'd been in combat, they're like, well, of course you know how to do time. <laughs> right? Like seriously, <laughs> like that's easy. You do that in your sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I had clients that were just really blown away. They said it, they felt like they, they could understand me better, probably my quirks. Mm -hmm. And then relationships have blossomed out of it. Um, men have actually reached out to me and said they've gone and gotten help because of things I've said mm -hmm. and which really surprised me. And it's awesome. so cool. Yeah. And so I slowly started that. So I, I did that February, 2017. And then I like little bits here and there, like sprinkled the trauma because I was still so scared of it. But what I did over the, but what I decided to do is exp explore it. And so I went through some trauma training, which really helped me wrap my head around some things with it mm -hmm. and how to cope with it and how to talk about it. And then in the fall, I started to go back to therapy because I knew if I was going to start sharing, I needed, I needed support. I needed mm -hmm. to build that up. And just like you would do with any business. And taking those steps along the way and really one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Okay. So just one foot in front of the other. And I've wanted to hide and not talk about it. I've wanted to not take this on, but I've been very fortunate to have some people. Sarah was one of them who really spoke truth into my life about, I have a voice here and I can make an impact, even though I'm not a licensed therapist. I thought that was just a big thing. I don't, I don't know about the things in the brain. I just live it. Mm -hmm. And her and also another person in my life reached out and said, this is good things you're doing. And they're highly respected in their field. And I thought, okay, well, that's a sign. And I trusted those very strategic signs because that's how my life is, just very strategic signs. And anytime I open myself up to talk about it or communicate flows, the ideas come, figuring it out, 
how to talk to people. And so I feel like that's, uh, you know, God and the universe and the whole world saying, yes, and let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just stay home and color with my kids and do safe <laughs> things. And do what? <laughs> and do safe things. Yeah. Like safe work. Right. It doesn't make me vulnerable. doesn't yeah. make me scared or nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is something, I think because it's so close to home, it's one of those things, oh, I don't want to mess it up. And then I have to remind myself, when you show up and you love people, you're not going to mess it up. Mm. That's huge. I love that. I think that's so true. When you're leading with love, it's really pretty impossible <laughs> to do something wrong, right? Yeah, uh, yeah to mess things up. Um, and that's something that I see from you constantly is having that heart to lead with true love and care for other people, um, which, gosh, is beautiful because unfortunately not everybody's that way, but it's definitely a quality that I've seen in you. And so you said something earlier. It's, it seems like once you started speaking about your truth and your experience and, and what you had lived through and what you were experiencing every single day that you just weren't telling anybody about, that a community of a bunch of different kind of people were kind of in your life. So you you mentioned your mastermind and a therapist and your family. And like, really, it seems like you went from being isolated and living this truth in your mind every day to being able to have a support network of people who knew what was actually really going on and and then you could get some support from them which it seems huge it is i i think because of the my response to the trauma i had a so i had the trauma i was in afghanistan for 7 months southern afghanistan 2008 2009 so a lot of people died and it was terrible. Mm. And so I came home, I didn't know that I was broken. And I had this terrible moment with my mother in Alexandria, Virginia, on the corner. And it's one of the worst moments of my life. And I was so terrified of hurting anyone ever again that I wouldn't let anyone in. Because if my mom didn't understand me and she couldn't connect with me, then nobody could. And I was so whatever I was that, again, this is just weeks after getting home from a combat zone. So (laughs) she's never held it against me. It's just one of those, I mean, of course it was crazy, but it scared me so much that I didn't ever want to let anyone in. And anytime I would like peek to let them in, they didn't know what to do with it. And that was very painful. And I had to come to a place where a safe group of people invited me. Mm. And then I had to choose to trust them. Mm -hmm. Because for me, 
I didn't know how to share any of it, really. Fortunately, my husband, he's a combat veteran too. And so that is probably like my saving, he is my lifeline actually um, from that time. And as a saving grace and my mom and I are great now. And um, my sister was very loving during that time. But to let anyone new in and during all that time of being a new mom and, and before that a civilian, talking about it or letting people in was just, uh, I just felt like I kept getting hit, hit upside the head, like hitting my head up against a wall over mm-hmm. and over and it got old and it got tiresome. And so what I want to encourage people on is don't give up hope because there is a place and maybe if I had kept trying to find a therapist or if I'd kept going, I would go and then I'd stop and mm-hmm. because I'd get bored because I'd outgrow my therapist really quickly when really I just needed, I don't know what I needed, but maybe that would have helped. But I, people wanted to love me, but I didn't know how to talk about it. And if I ever did, it just seemed awkward and strange and weird, but of course it is, it's combat. So but I would just internalize their response and I would worry and stress based on that, a really bad experience I had mm-hmm. and people just don't know how to respond or talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't know what to do with vulnerability. They no. really don't because unfortunately it's so, I mean, what's taught is to hold it in, to not talk about it, to act like you're perfectly fine and wonderful all the time, even when you're screaming on the inside, which breaks my heart, really, because that is so isolating. It's so lonely to not have anybody truly understand where you're at. It is. And I look back and none of those people ever wanted me to feel that way. They're the, some of the most loving and kind people. And so something I have learned and I try to share with people all the time is, okay, you don't know how to relate. Great. No problem. You, you say the wrong thing. Fine. Take over a meal a week later, send them a text a couple of days later, just show up and love them in their mess. Mm, and I and, love that. Mm -hmm. follow up it's that's probably the thing like if anyone had followed up it may have not made you know maybe all the things that were in my head would have gone away and so I use that technique because I will forever be awkward because of however no one has ever been upset because I took them a meal even if I said something weird and they know they're loved and they know they're cared for um because it can be hard. Like, I don't know, somebody could be going through a divorce. They could be going through a huge tragedy and maybe you can't relate. You, maybe you can't empathize. I have a friend who she's always like, I don't know how to understand anything you've gone through. I've lived a perfect life. She's like, but I'm here and I want to hang out with you. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, that. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I, sharing that space with people. I mean, as a therapist, it's funny because a lot of people come to therapy and they, they, they expect to get all of these like magical answers to everything. (laughs) A lot of people, (laughs) but really a lot of the time it's about simply sharing that space with people, 
sitting with them, being in the heart with them, because so many other people, it, they can't deal with it. And so they run away. And I think a pivotal um, point is when you can understand that that's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them and their own coping skills and their own ability to process things. But so often we take that as a reflection of ourselves. There's something wrong with me and they don't want to be around me. I shouldn't be feeling this way, whatever it is, rather than in reality, the fact that they just can't go to that space because of something within them. So it sounds to me too, like you're kind of able to make a mental shift. So you started reaching out to people, but prior to that, do you feel like there was like a moment where you kind of had a mental shift where you wanted to start doing things differently than you were before? Like, I kind of feel like people get to a place where they make a decision and they say, I'm tired of living like this. I'm going to do something different. Yes. Um, for me, I don't know if I, it was, it was not conscious. It was quite accidental for mm -hmm. me. And mm -hmm. I had, I had, I had decided to go to therapy several times and they were great. They, those people were great. And I, I'm so thankful I'm back in therapy and Whoop, whoop for therapy. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I know. Seriously. It's amazing. And I think for me, I just had a different vision of what I wanted it to be. And mm. so I'm a fast learner. And so then I thought, okay, well, I'm good. They taught me this. I'm, I'm having a good positive experience. What's great is this time around, what I realized is I have a commitment issue. And <laughs> I was talking to my recent therapist and she said, yep, a lot of people do that. And then they come back like a six months or a year later and we start all over. I was like, oh yeah, let's not do that this time. I'll stick with it. And, <laughs> and it is that sitting in the hard and I had gone through, so I'd, I had made those choices. I made that choice one time during the service. Um, and I did choose to get out of the military because of my PTSD. They didn't make me, I just realized what was happening and um I had to choose either live a life of military and really it was 24/7 for me I I could not make the mental break or become or and not have a family because I wouldn't have been able to function or walk away and learn how to function mhm mm so that's what I chose it was to walk away just to figure things out and then I went back into therapy uh, right before my first child was born, because I knew things were not okay. And that was, praise the Lord, because um, I got hit with some severe depression and some terrible things at that time. And again, like, it, it happens periodically. And then after that, I kind of gave up, because I just thought I'd always be this way. And so the next time I made a choice, I actually wanted to learn how to sell, which is the craziest thing. I stumbled into business because our church closed down while right after I gave birth, literally weeks after I gave birth. And your first? 
Your to first? Third child. Third, so okay. I was a children's ministry director. I just given birth to our third child. And they, while on maternity leave, they, the elders did the numbers and realized we couldn't keep our campus open. And so they closed down our campus. We have two others. And we had just bought a driveway, counting on that paycheck. So I was like, oh, crap, we just had a third baby. I can't get a J-O-B, like a normal J-O-B. My kids are three years apart in age, like all three of them, like mm -hmm. we smashed one in the middle, thought that'd be fun. And <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. So I got into business from home, fell in love passionately, and I went to learn about sales. And this technique that was taught was more about how to look at the world and how to deal with stress is really, I feel like a lot of what the program was about and learning to be our best selves. Mm. And it retrained my brain. I went to some, made a connection with a, some psychologists and realized it's, this is actually a technique people usually teach. And I just accidentally did it through sales training. And I love personal development that reason and at right. that point I really had a choice to either because now I was more aware my brain was woken up again and it was do we continue being awake mm. and all we know that entails and how much mm. we don't know how to deal with that or mm -hmm. do we stay locked away and quiet and and this is before I had ever shared with anyone I was a combat veteran this was about six weeks prior to that mm -hmm. and I had decided that I didn't know what it would take, but I didn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. I knew there was more to me than the shell of the person I had become. I wanted friendships. I wanted my kids to have friends. And if my kids were going to have to be friends, if my kids were going to have friends, I had to interact with the human race. Mm -hmm. So I needed to kind of figure that out. And my husband and I, both being combat veterans, there's, there was just a lot of crap going on in the house and he was a 15 year bachelor when we got married. So that's like its own set of stuff. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right. I know we can all just laugh at that one. You're yeah. welcome ladies. <laughs> that's his own. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> we can have that one. Cause now we're in the honeymoon phase. Yes. Seven, seven years in. And I just knew I didn't want my life to be the way it had been. I had been, I had tried to make changes before. It just hadn't clicked. I had just kept failing forward. It was obviously it helped in some ways and it helped in some big ways too for the moment. And they probably prepared me for, okay, this isn't fake. This is real. This is possible. And so I, I, had, to, I had to choose because it would have been really easy to ghost and not live it out. And honestly, I fight that every day still. Mm. Now that I'm awake and I'm making this choice, I'm making this commitment, every day I fight it. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Because I think to some extent we all do, you know. I, I mean, I think that your history and what you've been through and the PTSD and I, I mean, gosh, I think it's so awesome how you're able to talk about it because that's how we truly help people, right? And, and I think that 
the trauma, trauma can, as you know, it occurs on a spectrum. And so some people have more severe trauma. Some people have, you know, smaller amounts of trauma, but a lot of the things that we experience can be similar. Um, I have a trauma history and I definitely think some days it'd be so much easier <laughs> just to not show up, right? <laughs> like, I think you said it earlier, you have to make that choice of being comfortable and staying the same or fighting that and being okay with being uncomfortable because the, the desire to move forward and the desire to have something better and different is it outweighs the desire for comfort. But some people have to get to a pretty severe, like down place to get to that, where they make the decision to be uncomfortable. Yes. And I honestly, it probably would have taken that probably in my marriage if I hadn't gone through if I hadn't been uh, becoming a business owner where I'm a lifelong learner, so I'm reading and I'm learning mm -hmm. and I'm finding new communities and new people. And it challenged me in a, in a different way, very similar to when I was in the military, but it did, wasn't dressed that way. So I didn't, I was, my walls were down, my defenses were down. Mm -hmm. So I, I was absorbing it and receiving the information. But if that hadn't happened, I I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't have the marriage I have and the relationships I have because I really had just given up. And what I have learned is. Can I stop you right there real quick? Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> what do you mean by that? Cause I've heard you say it a couple of times. So what do you mean you just kind of had given up? So at that point in my life, I had, I battled suicide Mm -hmm. And it went in waves of how intense it was. And with my therapist one time, she, she asked some questions. And then one time she said, she asked if I had a plan. I didn't know you could have one. So of course I got one because I'm mm. a planner. And <laughs> Sorry. It seems really inappropriate to laugh, <laughs> but. <laughs> totally. No, it is. It's hilarious because I thought, well, don't put ideas in my head. I didn't have one before, but now I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> and which apparently isn't healthy. So I, so I battled severe and I went in bouts of se severe depression like that um, to pretty much being okay, almost a, a version of myself. And when I say give up, I, so my life at the time, I had not made any new real friends, like let you in, call you about your day, text mm. you friends since I had been in Afghanistan. I wasn't capable and uh, at a severe attachment difficulties. Mm -hmm. I was still very close with uh, friends from before, non-military, non military, if we'd been friends before, we were still friends. And so I wasn't able to attach to the world around me very well. And I also, I couldn't be on the news. I couldn't listen to, which nobody should be on the news. But anyway, I couldn't even like listen to a story. Mm -hmm. I couldn't watch 
like if we're watching television cable and a preview came on, I could have nightmares for days. So my family had to be careful what channel and time of day they had the television on. I couldn't go out in public for very long by myself because um, I would just get really panicky. I wasn't really, I wasn't able to process uh, my emotions like with my husband very well. Um, and then with my kids, I truly felt they were better off without me. Mm. But I was trying so hard, which I think probably a lot of moms go through that. Like, uh, it's just hard um, transitioning to motherhood, I think, and then living mm-hmm. it out. But I, I just, I had given up on being who I used to be. I had given up on laughing. I had given up on contributing to the world around me. These are core pieces of who I am. I had given up on being a mom that could make my kids' lives better. I was a really good caregiver. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I, I had no, no belief that I could do much more for them. I was terrified that I wouldn't be able to connect with them and attach with them. And they, they were several years old, you know. I mean, we were beyond the newborn phase. And I didn't know, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I hadn't really made any, I hadn't let anyone in mm-hmm. enough to have like really close, deep friendship. Yeah. And then the people I knew beforehand all were spread all over the world. So you could always keep a buffer. And my mom, she was off um, doing some military service. And again, 15 year bachelor that I married who serves in the army. So, I mean, he didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I just figured, uh, this was just going to be life. And I wasn't going to have close, intimate friendships. I wasn't going to make a difference in the world. And which no one would have known because I was a children's ministry director. I had volunteered at the church beforehand in a leadership capacity, but it was so disconnected. I knew I could function and love people well, but I still felt so much hopelessness. And shame and unworthiness and survivor's guilt and again I couldn't go to a party mm-hmm. without panicking mm-hmm. I, I couldn't go to large crowds so again I couldn't really function like a, a toddler party I know they're stressful I would get I, I just couldn't couldn't go and mm-hmm. I would force myself to but then I would be drained for like a day or two attending mm-hmm. a two-hour party and I, I and I couldn't talk to the people there because I was afraid to say the wrong thing. And I know people deal with that. Um, and it was, I just couldn't relate or connect. And I didn't feel I had a purpose. Hmm. Oh, that's huge. I mean, and of course I have like a million different things I want to ask you. <laughs> You're welcome to ask any of them. Well, I, I mean, I think, there's two main things that you're dealing with there, like, well, more than two, but like, if we're going to lump together kind of the symptoms that you're having with the PTSD, but then also the parenting aspect, like, those are both areas where it's like forbidden to talk about, right? Yes. Like, 
parenting in and of itself, even if you're not dealing with all of those other things, people are like, don't tell anyone that you yelled at your kids today or that sometimes you don't like being a mom or, you know, whatever, because then you're a bad person and you don't love your kids and all of these things that goes along with it, which is not true. I think we all feel that way some days <laughs> for mm -hmm. sure. But so you had like double. There was a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. certainly and while my husband's in the army we're not by a military base so we're surrounded by a bunch of civilians who don't really understand the culture mm -hmm. and so he travels and does what he needs to do and so that gave another level of isolation and being an outsider another level of being an outsider mm -hmm. and Again, the nicest people in my world. I have a great church community. I would go to some mom's groups. Nicest people in the world, truly. And some of them I did connect with on a level, which, thank you. Like, that is just awesome. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. so thankful for that. But I had no idea how to go any further and let anyone in in. And... And I believe there's so much, there has been so much healing from sharing my story this mm -hmm. past 14 months. Mm -hmm. It has been huge. And I want people to have a safe place because it has to be a safe place. Right. From my experience, it just, it needs to be a welcomed invitation. Like you kind of, you kind of need to be invited. That's what it was for me, actually. Now that we're talking about this, I'm having a light bulb moment. I was invited to share my story. I was pretty much begged and prodded mm -hmm. to share mm -hmm. my story. I didn't think I mattered. I didn't think it mattered at all. But once I've started sharing it, I, that has not been, that's not truth at mm -hmm. all. And so I want to give people an invitation and I know you do that. And that's what I love with what you're doing because with whatever it may have been, sharing it to your girlfriend, what you've been through, it may not bring the healing you need. Now, sharing it with her along with, that's pretty amazing, just going to say, because I've experienced that. I have this cool, amazing different support groups. And then I can also share it with a friend when they're like, yeah, that was really cool you shared that. I, I had no idea. I had one of my closest, dearest friends. And we lived together for a little bit um, after I got out of the military right after I got out and her husband was in Korea and she said I had when I came out um she said I had no idea I wonder if my husband goes through that and it blew me away because I thought how oh oh I like never talk about this and it was great because she didn't want to pry and push even though we could talk about it no matter what, but she's across an ocean. So she didn't want to pry and push, but gosh, was she thankful to know. And I had that support I needed. I had that safe place to kind of go, oh my gosh, I think I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have shared this, hmm. you know, of people. And should I have talked about this? And now I'm having these doubts and now I'm hmm. having these insecurities, you know, that. Totally. That I call it the vulnerability hangover. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> amen, sister. Yeah. Yes. And, uh-huh. and when you find that safe place, starting to share is so healing and bringing the light into that darkness, the power it has over you is less. Mm. It can still feel very mm-hmm. strong, but you now have something else in there. And what it does for other people is, is huge. They see you as a human. They see you as relatable. Mm-hmm. They don't feel as alone, even if they never say anything. Right. Yeah. It's kind of been surprising. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that... I can definitely relate to you on that because I feel like um, I there I had so much shame, and shame is what really kept me hiding for many many years and saying uh, no I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, who would want to? I remember like feeling all the time and still sometimes like who who would want to listen to me like what why you know what I mean totally. why would anybody want to listen to me I certainly have that run through my head at least once a day <laughs> still and so then I'm like well Sarah said and and I just go through the truths and have to replace that because mm-hmm. some people aren't going to want to hear you Right. And that's okay. Right. When you find your safe place. (laughs) Well, the safe place, the safe place to me is the foundation. Like you are one of my safe place people when like something happens and I need to be regrounded in, in my truth and my mission. And, um, you have those safe place foundational people. I feel like that you can go back to. And maybe part of the healing process is first developing that foundation of people. So then you can go out and speak your message to more people. And some of those people, you're not going to get amazing feedback. And so having that foundation is so important. But a lot of those people, I mean, that's really what encouraged me when I first started was people's comments and saying, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing this. This helped me so much. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Okay. So it's like fuel to the fire. This really is making an impact and to, to just keep going like the encouragement. So, I mean, have you experienced that? Oh yes. been so surprised by the positive response and it might be because for me my story isn't extreme because I'm familiar with a lot of women veterans Mm -hmm. but when you look at the ratio of population it it isn't and the other piece I was surprised about is to find out how many people have experienced trauma Mm, yeah and So what I found is people are encouraged by not feeling alone anymore and feeling like it's okay to say something if they ever wanted to. Maybe Mm -hmm. they don't want to, but they don't feel alone. And that has been really neat. I've I've been really surprised, surprised by that. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. 
gosh, it, when it's kept all in your head, you think I'm the only one that feels this way. Like mm -hmm. the, I'm the only one that's ever battled with this. I'm the only one that's ever had that thought. And when somebody else says, oh yeah, I think that too. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it's like a huge weight has been lifted that you're not the only one, which is why I believe so firmly in a community of women um, to support each other because there's so much power in knowing you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It's so huge. And that, that community that I had that encouraged me and invited me to share my story was instrumental. I, it was just huge for me. And then when my tribe heard, they were so loving and kind that I thought, oh, wow. And then it's been impactful to people. And so there are those who aren't going to get it and they're, and it's going to fall on deaf ears or they're going to think I'm crazy and that's okay. Not everyone thought, I mean, people think KFC, right? He wasn't, he didn't know what he was doing. So mm -hmm. I tend to put it in perspective too. That has really helped me to not totally go in on myself. If it's not a pleasant experience, maybe if I share <laughs> or mm -hmm. it's not received in a way that I can understand Maybe they just don't know how to process it. I found mm -hmm. that a lot. People don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. They don't want to hurt you. They don't want to make it worse. I mean, Gosh. generally people are just loving and kind if they're going to be listening to this. Mm. And I mean, there are people that are insensitive, but yeah. But generally if they're quiet and silent, they may just not know what to say. And that acknowledging that has helped me not <laughs> put thoughts in their head. <laughs> mm-hmm you know, make up thoughts for them. Yeah, totally. I think you're so right on. People don't know what to say, so then they just avoid it altogether. Mm -hmm. I hate that, the whole sweeping it under the rug mm -hmm. or not following up. That is definitely part of our culture. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Aubrey just a couple of weeks ago. There was a girl at her work who, whose dad died and she came home saying, nobody's talking about this. Like she came back to work. Nobody's saying anything to her. My heart hurts for her. I know that she's got to be in a really hard place, but nobody's talking about it. And I'm afraid to say anything. And so I told her, you always, I mean, I think no matter what, and you said this so well earlier, and I need to go back and listen because I'm totally going to like meme what you said. <laughs> Yay. Um, but you show up, you show up. And part of showing up is saying, Hey, I'm here. If you want to talk, I'm going to show up for you. So it, it, it's uncomfortable. So she went back to work the next time and she said, I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you. Now, maybe she sent her a message actually. And, and the girl said, thank you so much for saying something because it's so painful when people just act like nothing happened. Yes. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you were sharing the tools so that people can say words when those things happen or do something that's loving and kind because it just freezes their brain they don't they're going through so much themselves like oh gosh their dad died that means mine could die who knows they're mm -hmm. like you probably know because that's of what you such do. a good point though yeah 
And so then we just shut down, we lock it all in and continue the vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. You're and, so right. Uh, yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the thing that I've been surprised about is we've all got our own junk. Like we've all got our own stuff going on. We've all got hardships and aches and pains and nobody except for my one friend who said she's had pretty much a perfect life and she's pretty upfront about it. She'll love you where, she, you know, and she'll love you best she can. Mm-hmm. And she does really well, but we have all had really crap days and difficult moments and hard times and you're not alone. And I just wish we were able to rapidly normalize the conversation because mm-hmm. even if someone hasn't been to a combat zone, you've been through something and we can connect on it mm-hmm. and you don't have to have my baggage. You got your own right. <laughs> baggage, so we can sit and we can have a cup of tea, glass of wine, box of chocolates, whatever we need. And, and just know we're not alone and love each other as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So often people will say, well, you don't understand because you've never been through what I've been through. And my response to that is always, I I might not have been through exactly what you've experienced, but I know pain and pain is pain, regardless of what, you know, brings that pain. And we've all felt pain. And I think that to be able to speak that and be real about it is our true connecting points. If we just stay surfaced and fake, essentially, to me, it's like your fake self versus your real self. And there's something I want to share in that. And this was something that was really hard for me to wrap my head around. I was very prideful about my baggage because I had served my country. And anyway, it was terrible. And my head, my brain was broken. And my mom, a couple of years after hearing my crap over and over, lovingly said, and she even said, she's like, you are not going to like what I'm about to say. And I'm like, great. <laughs> and she said, you're not the only one who's been through trauma. And of course I blew her off at the time. And, but about a week or two, I let it sink in. And it was really hard for me to wrap my head around that. And I, what I, I want people to speak about it because of the healing. And I also want people who are on the receiving end in some kind of way to be able to speak lovingly in response, because that was huge. It kind of shook me out of my fog. I didn't really Mm -hmm. know much what to do with it, but it certainly planted a seed. Mm -hmm. Because when you said, it was when you said, um, well, you don't understand what I've been through. And while I had never really said those words, I certainly had that attitude for a little bit. And well, no one's going to want to talk to you when you have that attitude. Even if they don't see it or hear it, they're going to feel it kind of because I wouldn't mm-hmm. really talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's just one of those things that came to mind is, you know, those who are listening and hearing it also speak and there's power and healing on both sides of the conversation, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. and the healing. Yes, so. totally. Thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, I mean, I think you really 
went from being a victim of your circumstance to being victorious over your circumstance. I mean, very, very much so. And it's a constant battle. That doesn't mean that it's never an issue again. (laughs) 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 But you know, now you're able to say, okay, this is my responsibility. I know what I need to do. And you're able to do it rather than being a victim of, of what happened to you. And I didn't even know I had a choice. Hmm. I didn't know I was a victim because I wasn't raised that way. Hmm. And it wasn't until the healing had really already started that, oh, wow, I was definitely living in a victim mindset. I just had no idea. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, no, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I think when I realized that I had a say in my life hmm. and I realized, oh, before I didn't think I had a say. So yeah. that was kind of where the click, the light bulb click happened. That's huge. Yes. To you have power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a byproduct of trauma, right? Is it takes all your power away and you feel like you have no ability to control. And so that's where anxiety comes from and all of those things. And we won't get into all of those details, but <laughs> but having that that switch is a switch back to power Mm -hmm. yeah it's awesome well I could talk to you forever (laughs) so I want our listeners to know where they can find you and how they can connect with you more outside of this podcast well, the best place to find me is Trish Russell over on Facebook. I love connecting and networking with people. You can find me at unlockyourintelligence.com as well. And then be on the lookout for some, depending on when you listen to this, there's going to be, because podcasts live forever. Um, <laughs> there, I also live over at commitandreclaim.com and have a lot of fun. I'm on Instagram. And I love being over there as well. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Instagram's growing on me, I think. Yeah. It's reminds me of Periscope like where it's kind of intimate mm-hmm. and, and I like that I also kind of have a catalog. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. <laughs> Got my girlfriends and we're looking at catalogs. Yeah. Kind of how I feel about it. That's awesome. Yeah. It is quite a bit different than Facebook. Yeah. yeah. It took me a little time to learn how to use it, but it is growing on me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So tell us a little bit, cause I know you just gave us websites and I'm, I will put the links to those websites in the description of the podcast as well. So people can easily click on those and go and check check you out. Of course, I follow you on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, (laughs) Of course. course. But tell us quickly just about what your new program is or second, what what were you calling it earlier? Your um, second leg of my business. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I want to hear more about that real quickly. Sure. So it's been on my heart for six months to really step into the trauma field 
and boldly be there, boldly speak out, boldly step into it. And I have finally done that. And I'll be speaking this summer for the first time about it and uh, with mental health professionals in an event. And so I've also been uh, doing some book contributions with it. And what I'm doing is I'm sharing the healing journey, the recovery journey, because that part seems impossible. Hmm. We know the trauma happened. And if you guys could tell in the in our podcast, I didn't talk about it very much because we've all, we've all got our thing. I think all of us have a thing to be honest, or most likely, but by the time we meet the maker, we'll have had a thing. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to understand my recovery journey because a piece might connect, a piece might resonate and click for them. And so that's what I, I share about is uh, military reintegration. I also share about uh, life after trauma. What does that look like? How do we cope? What do we need? What skills? So commit and reclaim life after trauma is all about taking that step and committing and saying, all right, I have no idea what this is going to look like. I love myself. I'm open to it. I'm going to see what's on the other side. It's kind of like opening up a door and you're stepping through. You're not peeking in, you're stepping through. And then with that commitment, you're reclaiming your life that is after trauma. And so I focus on some specific areas. I'm a time whiz, I'm a strategist in that. And I believe with our brains after trauma, it, they just are different. And so I just have really simple techniques that keep me focused during the day and help me get from task to task because that kind of boosts my confidence and my personality. And then also reclaiming your mind and different things that have helped me and resources that have just been top notch. Again, connecting with me, there are a ton out there, um, but this is just with my journey and what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. And then also relationships because relationships have been such a beautiful blessing for me in this new season and something I never thought I would have. So that's another mm -hmm. thing I like to talk about. And I'm all about coming to the table. Let's share a cup of coffee, have a cup of tea. If it's at night, then let's have some wine, but sit around the table and have a safe space for conversation and to know that your journey is real and where you're at is, is truth for you. Mm. It, it is true for you and affirmation in that. And yeah, just giving that a, mm -hmm. a spot in the world. It's awesome. You could see my face. I'm just like beaming with pride. <laughs> well, Sarah, Sarah is the one who said something to me while we were in Italy and uh, my first program, which we'll see when it comes out, but it's already written. It's been written since May of 2017. And she was the one who spoke some words and that all magical thing happened so oh, I love it it's awesome it's an honor to be a part even a tiny bit in your journey um because I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing and that's the thing a lot of people will talk about what they've been through or what they struggle with but there's not a lot of people who will say this is what I did to get through it. And 
be able to, I mean, you are so gifted at that, the strategy piece. Um, you've definitely given me some, some techniques <laughs> in organizing myself and staying on track because we both know that is not my strong place. Um, but I love that you have this all laid out because it really is, I mean, I think people need the tools. They need the concrete. Okay. This is exactly what I did. This is what was helpful for me. Um, and, and now I can journey with you through that. It's just absolutely powerful and amazing. And I know you are, I mean, you've already impacted so many people, but how, <laughs> how many more you're going to impact and, and the, uh, the, I can't think of the word, like the, um, how much this is going to grow, how big this is going to get, how huge this is going to be. I think we can't even really truly wrap our heads around at this point. So I think it's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for talking to me in the bathroom in Italy when I was having some doubts. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, we maybe we should clarify that because we're gonna be like, why oh, yeah, are we were getting our makeup on. <laughs> yeah, we were getting our makeup on. We were roommates. No, Sorry. we were yes, we were roommates in Italy. Absolutely amazing, amazing, yes. amazing. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you have anything you want to close with? The one thing I want to share is there is always hope. Hmm. No matter how dark it gets, I promise you that because I've been right there with you, friend. So if anyone's listening and just feels like it's impossible, I just want you to know there's hope and you're listening to Sarah's podcast. So go get it in her Facebook group, spend more time with that beautiful laugh that's a hug. And when you're ready to take steps, then come hang out with me. Um, but it is that life is full of hope. Mm. it's awesome what a beautiful place to end thank you Trish Russell thank you Sarah <laughs> now wasn't that just amazing I told you you would love her <laughs> I love when she talked about showing up and loving people in their mess so powerful, so true. Also about how when she uh, started to share her story and it was so healing and brought light into the darkness, taking away the power that it has over us and that it's a daily process. It's not just something you do once. We're constantly growing and learning to rise through the hardships. Sharing our stories is a significant piece of that process. I just so appreciate her transparency and heart. I hope you were encouraged by hearing her today. And remember, there is hope. I really encourage you to find that safe place that she talked about because it truly does exist. 
Make sure to connect with Trish on her website, commitandreclaim.com, and also unlockyourintelligence.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram, and definitely somebody you're going to want to follow and continue to learn from her amazing heart and transparency and wisdom. So now as we close, I want to make sure you know about the additional opportunities I offer for your growth. You can connect with me more in my private Facebook group. It's called We Are Women Rising. I also have a course called Women Rising, and we are getting ready to go through that together. Really finding your purpose, remembering who you are, reconnecting with yourself and finding your gifts and your value. Also, super exciting, my parenting course is now live on my website. So this parenting course is everything that I have learned to be effective throughout my time as a therapist, uh, teaching parenting courses in lots of different environments, and being a parent myself. So you can download the course and workbook and go through it at your own pace, which is also super nice too. So find me on sarahmaneras.com if you are interested in learning more about those courses. Let's shine light into the places that you're most needing to grow at this moment. And I will see you next week where I talk with the wonderful woman, Mariana Brunkhorst, and we chat about her experiences of losing her husband and how journaling was a powerful tool she used for healing. And now she teaches others how to use it as well. So I look forward to seeing you here next week. That's a wrap. <music>